My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today, my guest is Mike P, because I forget his last name, or forget how to pronounce his last name. He and I talk about values, and it's a really, really great conversation because when I first asked Mike what he wanted to talk about based upon his values, he wasn't quite sure. So as always, I tend to encourage people to go to the meta level and him and I end up discussing, well, what does it mean to value? Why does he have um, a difficult time thinking about his values? And you know, once we walk through it a bit, what does he end up valuing? It's really interesting and I really sort of, you know, my, my background coming into this conversation is from the objectivist view, Ayn Rand's view of what values are. And so it's really interesting if you want to go through that process, if you want to sort of understand a bit better what values are, what they mean to you and why they're so important, this is a great conversation. And I really thank Mike for being so open and willing to come on and walk through that process with me. We do then talk about family as a major value for him and also how people balance their values and how to how to understand your hierarchy of values such that you don't have issues with contradictions and feeling like you're sacrificing and things like that. It's a really great conversation, especially for anyone who's like Mike and I, a young adult, really trying to understand, perhaps for the first time, what they really value and why. If you like this show, please consider subscribing on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app and supporting us at thesafespace.ca. Hey, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so, we'll go, which I think I say a lot, actually, but um, I'm interested in it because, you know, we we're trying to figure out, talk about, um, and I said how I focus on things, value, they care about the thing they do, and you response, your initial response was, well, you're not really sure what you value, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm interested still the case, but then I wanted to just, there's a lot of my peers who aren't really sure what they value, don't even know how much they've consciously thought about their values. I know I hadn't a couple of years ago. So yeah, where where did that come from where you're thinking, you know, what do I value? I'm not quite sure. Walk me through that process a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's such a uh, philosophical question that once you reflect on you know, these, these meta values and what certain things mean, it really, um, you really start to think and go, what do I value? What's important to me? Um, and it kind of takes you back and puts you back into reality because, you know, you just kind of go through your everyday lives and then you kind of sit back and go, yeah, that's, that's right. What do I value? What, uh, what matters at the core? And, you know, upon some reflection, I mean, I grew up oriented in a very tight-knit family, I would have friends come over that would want to spend more time because they didn't have that tight-knit family. So to me, probably the most core value, um, with, with really without any reflection, that just is the first one to come out is, you know, that family first, family core values. Um, I guess you can say that's, that's love, um, that's caring, that's, you know, supporting one another, having that support network. That's probably the main one that's at the core that kind of guides me through life. I've had that support system and, you know, fam that family first value mentality is really the first one that comes to mind. But, you know, in terms of other things, it's interesting because you really have to sit back and go, you know, what, well, what's a value and you can get into the nitty gritty conversation of exactly what is that? Am I spiritual? Am I, 
is it hard work is it individualistic what like what say you I mean, it goes on and on if you know what i mean by that yeah and yeah i mean i i am interested in the philosophy of it but i want to we we won't dive into that right <laughs> what is a value in in that sort of way but i do think that the idea of family as a value is really interesting i recently did an episode on that because someone else uh kevin was on that episode he also said family is one of his values but i also think it's interesting to kind of say for many people family is where they get their other values as well right um <clears throat> especially i think in my experience because a lot of me and my peers we didn't have much of a religious upbringing and it was almost like the family values whatever my parents valued kind of were the values i was raised with whereas for many people or other generations it would have been like the church's values or the religion's values but it's interesting because i think that's kind of why people why you can have this experience of no really what do i value because for a long time especially as you're a kid like you're just told what to value right like it's hard to discover what you value on your own and you're just kind of told and you go through it and you know i was talking to my sister recently and it's like yeah trying it's really difficult to try and figure out what you want underneath everything you've been told you should want um so i yeah that's really interesting and so family's kind of like a, a good background but then it's like well what are the things they claim you should value and how does that counteract and for me the friction has come about where when there are you know frictions in those two what they value they've told me i should value and what i decide to value then yeah family is important to me but that almost can be put at risk as a value itself and then it's like is it really for me the most important value or not uh, so that's really interesting and you bring up religion as well um i obviously grew up in a roman catholic household grew up going to church was went through confirmation um and then i actually had a um public high school that was built right beside us actually so it was a lot easier so kind of my catholic schooling ended after grade school and then i went into the public system so you know the the more religious stuff kind of got lost you know the later um years you know starting grade nine and on um although we still um you know, attend church, we're still, um, especially my grandparents and everything, very religious. So I think religion plays a major part in that as well, because especially growing up, there's a sense of sense of community, community, sense of respect, sense of responsibility. And those are all core values as well that are still with me today. Um, and I, I guess I would categorize myself as spiritual. I wouldn't say it's, you know, that I'm per se religious, but you know, it, I had that upbringing, um, you know, is there something else? I mean, again, that's another conversation for another day, but yeah. I think religion plays a major part because it is that sense of community. And in terms of the value outside of family, um, it's funny, it's where where am I going to end up living? I love big cities, but I feel like you don't have that sense of community. You don't necessarily get respect from others. Everybody's kind of in their own zone is where I go to a very small community to uh, go to one of my favorite breweries, let's say. Everybody knows each other. Everybody's so nice. Everybody's very caring they there's i find there's a lot more respect when those are more of the main values that community feel and um and i think covid will be an interesting one when people might not necessarily have to work in bigger cities they're gonna look and people are gonna have to reflect on those values do i want to be somewhere where i have that sense of community and that mutual respect and people that seem to care 
I guess, again, and what I mean by respect is in, in the community aspect is it too, and you mentioned, um, you know, when there's some sort of, let's say, tension or something. Well, how can we reach, you know, I guess, you know, that utilitarian theory of the greater good, you know, how can we both, you know, enjoy something where we have separate views It kind of, those are the reflections as well as, okay, how can we both be happy? We might not both be happy if we both had our own way, but I mean, that's, that's part of that mutual respect community sense that there's something greater than you as well. There's other people affected by your decisions. Well, yeah, so I don't, that would be get into a debate is, uh, I just read about utilitarianism actually. And so I don't agree with that kind of framework necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with that framework, but I don't, we don't need to get into the weeds about that because regardless it's thinking, I suppose, well, even if you have that, like, yeah, what would be good for everyone to have, or what is good for me to have, right? Mm-hmm. What are, and, but I, I want to kind of stick on the religion aspect because in my view, religion tells you what values to have right and so like you know there are some people i would ask the question what do you value and they would just list the things the church says they should value right and and whether or not they sincerely believe that or they don't sincerely believe that like i know people who have both but to me it's kind of that mentality is is what makes it tough to actually kind of generate and come up with um things that i value for myself because it's like at some at what point do you start to question what you've been told to value? Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a certain one. I think today, I mean, um, religion's on the decline too, um, and so it's interesting. Again, it's those personal reflections. I mean, to me, still at the core is is family, and I wouldn't necessarily that has anything to do with religion. I guess maybe the community aspect. I suppose, I mean, mutual respect, again, I don't think you have to look to religion to respect someone. I think that's just simply whether you, <laughs> you, yeah. you do, you, you have uh, mutual respect, fairness, all those things, um, you know, it, it, decency. I mean, those are things that you just need to look at and say, hey, uh, you know, we live in a society um, and, and it's a simple cliche saying, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. But I, I mean, maybe I'm just a nice guy, but I mean, I, I wouldn't... <laughs> attributed to religion i would say maybe it's again that would be more of a core family upbringing um and the people i've been around is that there is that mutual respect and and i'm very involved no go ahead um yeah i don't mean to cut you off i just want to kind of i need to push back a little bit because um you're 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 bringing in like philosophical premises that i don't necessarily agree with which is which is fine but you know treat others how you want to be treated presupposes you wanting to be treated a certain way and that being good, but you and I could want to be treated differently. And like, just, I almost get triggered by that because in university I did treat others how I wanted to be treated, but no one liked it (laughs) because I, I didn't like myself and I had like, you know, I had some mental health issues and, and whatnot. And so I did take that seriously, but it's almost quite, it's a subjective statement because like it's fundamentally we have to know well how do you want to be treated and why um if that makes sense right so um because i'm kind of interested even if we take for granted yeah we want to treat people nicely we we care about family like the idea of value i have is a value to whom and for what and so it's really trying to reflect on okay well you know, if I'm thinking of value to me as a starting point or to my family, like, what do I want and for what end? Um, And so I'm interested in 
you know, okay, community and family, they can kind of seem like uh, ends in themselves. And, and maybe that's true, but it's almost like, well, why, why do they bring you value, right? Um, I'm jumping over uh, around a bit, but it's like, I, I think it's not as simple as, as, as it maybe seems to, to figure this out. No, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's a, like I said at the beginning, it's, uh, I mean, it's tough to sit back and really say, you know, what are those values? I mean, there's always a subjective element slant to, to everything, I suppose, um, to be treated the way, to treat others the way you want to be treated. I mean, in my subjective viewpoint is I'd put fairness in there. If you get to, uh, a line in a Starbucks before me, you know, I don't cut the line. I mean, it's kind of those, it, it's honestly can be as simple as that. If I, if I smile on the street walking by you, I would, I would expect to smile back. It's simple as that. You know, I shoveled your driveway one day, you weren't there. It kind of I, reciprocity too. I mean, that's right. kind of, you know, another broad term, but those are things when I look at it that way, that that's how I would view mm-hmm. mutual respect that way. And I would throw reciprocity in there um, as well. Okay, and and if you um, if you had, let's say, no, I don't mean to imply anything by saying only, but if you had only those things, do you think that would be like an enjoyable life? Like you're not really doing much, but you have family, you have like nice people around you, because that's where I'm kind of torn. Right? There's this. I was super into Buddhism. But, you know, without even the extreme of Buddhism, like some people kind of just live their life and don't strive for much. And they're just content. They have like they have relatively easy values to attain, let's call it. And then they have them. And then, you know, that's then they're satisfied versus I have this like almost need to accomplish things, to build a life and, you know, it's almost an internal struggle. Why can't I just be satisfied right now? Why do I have to strive for more? But then, you know, some places, some philosophies advocate, no, that strive is what is good. And so how do you think of kind of this balance? Because obviously, like, I would, you're, you're in law school, I would assume you think being a lawyer is valuable, or else like, why put yourself through that? Right. But it's like a different type of value than than these uh, you know, community uh, respect uh, values. No, that's a, that's a perfect way to frame it, actually. Um, and I, that, uh, I think international travel is one of the best ways to really um, plant yourself in in a different community, a different culture. So you can kind of see that. And I think it is kind of the westernized culture as well. It's those external influences. Um, we could grow up and you, I mean, the only thing I would know, right, is family and, you know, you're, you're growing up with, with religion as well. And you have those base values we've talked about, but then there's the external as well, which is um, it's the way I would describe it. Indiv- individualistic. You're looking at what material things you can attain. And it is. So, I mean, when you let's just say uh, you mentioned myself being in law school, well, why am I there um, for for a good career? Is it considered one of those? Oh, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're an executive. It is, and I mean that it, it's a cultural thing, and there are a bunch of people that go in simply because they want a title that way, and that's what they think is happy. And then you can look at a happy index, and 
you can say, and it is very individualistic too, and in the type of community you're in. And you could say, well, this is all I want. I'm happy with this, with this house, with this community, my family. And then there are others that grow and everybody else is getting all these things. And they think, well, I want that. I'll be happier if I get that. And then they're not happy. And then again, that's a whole other conversation is what is happiness? There's a happiness index, what countries are happy, who's not. But again, I think there's where you're growing up, that family element is number one. And then what external influences are around. And then they all kind of mesh together. And I think it's a very interesting mesh that ends up happening within inside every individual. Yeah. And so I want to kind of ask then for, for you, um, you know, you said there are some people who go into law school just because they want the title, right? I went into engineering because I was told, yeah, it would be a good job and I was good at it and I didn't care that much. Okay, sure. Like I wasn't really actively pursuing it, but then I got it. It wasn't what I expected or had been told and it caused me, you know, issues. Um, but so like, you know, I think individualism is good and I, I think there are <laughs> the other issues around it are, are problematic. Like, yeah, I don't, again, don't want to get into the weeds of, of any of that stuff. But I, <laughs> What? It's hard not to get into the weeds of it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. But I think, you know, um, I'd refer anyone to the objectivist theory of values. <laughs> Ayn Rand, that's where my framework comes from. Um, but um, not many others. Um, but so, yeah, in terms of how you think about it for yourself, right? Um, when you reflect on, because, yeah, career is obviously a big part of someone's life. Do you think it was you know, family pushed you into the career, the culture pushed you into the career, or did you really decide, you know, here are the reasons why I want to go into law school? Because I think that's an important thing for a lot of you know, young people as well. Uh, I, it feels like our whole generation was kind of ushered into university as almost as if it was a necessary thing. And most of my peers or many of my peers didn't think about their career choices at all. And it's hard when you're 18. What do you know anyways? But I guess law school is, you know, a bit later. But I'm interested in, yeah, how did you think about it? Or are you now going to have an existential crisis? Why am I in law school? <laughs> well, if you go through law school and you don't have that crisis, that's an issue. Everyone gets at it in one of their three years. But I think it, it's, it's kind of layered when you think about it. So I have um, an, an older brother by four years. So he's 29 now. Um, he wanted to be a doctor from the get-go. He was just, you know, one of those guys naturally good at everything, sports, school, everything, U of T medicine. And, you know, so not that I was in the shadows of that, because that's not how the family says, oh, you got to be a doctor. Not at all. But, you know, personally, it's okay. So he's really, he's trying hard. He's working hard. He's getting up there. Now, how can I follow that? So that certainly was yeah. Um, I guess, a uh, external slash internal factor. Yeah. Um, very hardworking parents. Um, you know, we went on family trips. We did all this. They um, helped pay for my university and they, they worked hard for that. And that's why they wanted kids. Um, and I thought, and because I'm family oriented, it's the same thing. I want to be able to provide for my kids what kind of career path can put me mm -hmm. in order to do that. Um, that can be culture. I mean, it's a big part of culture. I mean, what, what do you think about careers with a, with a big salary? Now, that's not the only reason I went into law school. I was probably about grade nine, my first law class. Um, 
and I really enjoyed it. It was something um, I like to think I was naturally good at. And that's kind of what I went into was law politics throughout high school, throughout my undergrad. And uh, that's what I've enjoyed. I want to help, you know, access to justice, the more, the more I look at it that way. So there's specific things I want to help change. That's why I was always in politics. You know, I mm-hmm. see people that, that need help that get ignored. We see this. And again, everybody has a different view in politics, but I think most people go in because they, they, they want to help in some capacity. Right. And I think the law profession is the same way. It's, it's client facing. And for the most part, it's not, it's not big, bad corporate Bay street lawyers. Um, there's a ton of students I know and more, um, more of them don't want that Bay street job. They want to be able to help people. And I think the pandemic has, you know, helped realize that too, is there's a lot of people, that need help and the legal way is a way to pursue that change as well. And it's also um, where, where do these individuals come from too? What have they seen that said, you know what, I, I grew up in a certain community and I saw X, Y, Z happen. I want to go into this career simply because I think the legal Avenue is a way to change that. Um, right. You know, I had a very, um, wasn't a hard upbringing. You know what I mean? It, a lot of things, um, you know, I, I'm very grateful for, but it, it was culture as well. Um, and it's also, you know, how can I help support my family? Uh, I love dealing with all types of law. I haven't, you know, narrowed it in yet. But I mean, it, it was kind of both, you know, I had doctor brother grew up in a household, how can I help support my family? And it's something I enjoyed. So it was all kind of three of those layers that kind of helped pursue me go to law school. Yeah, that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, yeah, I, I do think it's interesting that law seems to be a, a good and even easier with an asterisk, uh, way to change policy or change the laws, right? Um, really kind of impact people's lives for the better because you can almost also kind of go to war with the politicians if need be in, in, in a certain sense. Uh, I'm interested in your thoughts. So in, in objectivism's view of values, um, your central value should be your productive career. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be your highest value, right? You can have your family, but it's kind of like, without a productive career to build your life around, what else would you build your life around that is kind of, can sustain you um, and is within your control? Because if it's a significant other, if it's family, they could leave or whatever it is. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts of that framework of, yeah, like you do need to do something with your life. Um, What is that thing going to be? And is, is that, a good way to kind of try and orient uh, your life. No, that's a very interesting way of framing it. And I really like it because it, it's funny. It's okay. So family first, you know, um, you're never going to say, Oh, my, my job's going to come first. Well, <laughs> a lot of times it does because in order to have, you know, let's say you want to take your kids on a, on a trip to Florida, let's just say, well, in order to do that, you got to be getting a paycheck. That's the world we live in. You got to be to do things. You're going to have to pay for it. Um, how do you do that? You need a job and it's a very competitive job market and it's everything. So, I mean, it, it's funny. It's, you would say a job shouldn't take over personal life, but there's a balance and that's the very hard balance. And again, that's kind of where that happiness scale can be as well Is what is that perfect balance. And I would assume that most people's lives are every day. It's kind of going like this is that, is that scale? Um, Cause I mean, you do have to focus on your career in order to have those other things to put food on the table. That is the society we live in. There's no universal basic income. There's none of that. You're 
basically out there fighting for yourself for, for most days. So really a, in order to, I guess, have that core value of family and, and everything, you kind of have to focus on your hard work and self, um, and, you know, personal responsibility. So it does become individualistic in order to do those other things. So it's interesting that you framed them that way, because I guess objectively the job would technically have to come first. Yeah. And, and yeah, they, they don't say first cause that people in, imply like yeah. at most important, they say central. Um, yeah. And, and I agree with your presentation. It's a little more in a negative light than I would say, I think, cause but, yeah, but no, I think that's interesting. And, and the, you know, on this vein, not that I'm trying to like pitch objectivism or whatever, I just find it like that's my framework. I find it interesting because we've brought up happiness a few times as well. And one of the formulations uh, Ayn Rand has is it's a, it's a state of non-contradictory joy. But what does that actually mean? It, a big part of it is your val- you never feel like you're putting a lower value in place of a higher value. And so that's where it really comes down to why it's so important to really reflect on your values and and know what they are because you want to have them in a hierarchy. And so it's easier for you to make a decision. Am I going to work overtime today or am I going to go to my kid's baseball game? If I'm certain my family and my kid's baseball is more important than this aspect of this job and I can find another job if they fire me because I want the kid, um, I want to go watch my kid's game. It's only when you're not certain in that decision that it then feels uncomfortable. But if you get fired from a job because they don't let you love your family the way you want to, you wouldn't want that job anyways, right? And it's because people aren't clear in their hierarchy of values, I think, that they have a lot of issues and that decisions are become more difficult. Um, and so it's kind of important to to know where where does my job fit? Where does my wife fit? Where do my kids fit? Where do my hobbies fit? Um, so that those decisions almost become not automatic, but like much easier to make because you've thought it through rather than trying to in each moment with all of the other factors, what's the right decision? It becomes like kind of easier if you've done that thinking uh, before. No, it's a, that's a perfect way of putting it. And um, the more we have this conversation, it becomes clear that personal reflection might be the key to happiness in order to make that hierarchy. It makes sense. I, I understand that when you originally um, talked to me weeks ago and mentioned, you, you know, values, it's like, oh, okay, I, you know, I really should, you know, I'm at 25, I'm in the middle of law school, I, I should start reflecting on, okay, I'm going into, into a career at some point soon, that could be quite demanding, you're gonna, I, I want to start a family, I want to be able to travel. So exactly, where do those things all fit? Um, I know, just off the top of my head right now, if you're looking at ranking, um, I would still, you know, growing up a family person, family goes first, but again, there's going to be attention right away. You're going to be an articling student, your bottom of the barrel on the right. And okay, well, what yeah. if I have dinner with, with my girlfriend at 7 PM and I have to work in order to meet a client's request? Exactly. I think, it, I think for me, that tension is, does it become a pattern? Right? Is it okay to miss something for the career? Um, but if, is it a pattern? Are you constantly missing that family? And, and I think that is where the issue becomes for me personally. That's what I would foresee. Well, and I think that is the broad issue most people face is that they don't, they're not really clear in it. 
and they don't know why it's important to be clear. And then you have the traditional idea of, well, I'm just going to put my other values aside for 30 years. I'm going to spend my life working hard and then I'll attain my other values. And it's like, but then you have 30 years where you're, you feel bad because you're putting uh, work above other values you would rather be having now because you feel like you should for some reason to then get the values 30 years down the road, right? And that's the thing. It's, it's If it becomes a habit, that's you saying, that's why I really like the formulation. It's something you act to gain and or keep, right? And values don't just happen. You have to, and I've been through this experience recently with friendships and stuff. Like, put, it's a lot harder outside of university to see my friends regularly. But if they're values to me, I have to act to, to keep them. I have to work at it. It doesn't just kind of happen casually. And I think that's what people forget is that, you know, it's easy to work when you're forced to, quote unquote, when you're getting paid to, you feel an obligation to. But all of those other values, it like people think, oh, they'll just happen, but they don't just happen. And then you wake up, you're 55 and you're like, where'd my life go? Um, but exactly. And as a law student or really, I mean, at this point, I'm a lifelong student, you know, so I've been in school for so long. But it's again, it comes back to my point about the pattern. So, you know, we're going to have a midterm season, a final season. There's going to be interviews for things. Um, so the social life gets shut off for a period of time. And again, it comes back to what I said at the beginning, um, that, that mutual respect too is from a friend standpoint, um, I'd love to see my friends all the time, but there's going to be certain one to two week periods where I just can't, I have to get into that focus mode. Um, and, and it's also up to that other person to understand that this is the lifestyle you're in. I know you care about me, but I'm not going to hear from you for those two weeks. Right. You know, it's kind of that, again, that mutual understanding as well. Well, and that's why I advocate individualism and, and the idea that like the career is central and stuff, because that is what's almost necessary. If, if, if you're in a relationship, whether it's family, loved one, friend, and they don't have their own experience of that thing, and like you're their central purpose right? It's kind of stereotypical in a relationship where someone's like obsessive or doting. And then you do need to take two weeks to really focus on work or whatever. That stresses them out, right? They don't want that. They get jealous of your job or whatever, because they don't understand and they don't have their own thing to direct their attention on with the same amount of, uh, of vigor, let's say. And so I see, I, I, you know, in my experience, that's kind of where tension comes across. I just want to add for my own sake that I also view family as a really, really important value, but it's been tough because because of the decisions I've made around my other values, my family in terms of like my my siblings, my parents, my extended family, I, I've not been able to maintain that as strongly as a value as I would have hoped. But like I'm I'm very hopeful in terms of building a family moving forward as well. Right. So there's like and it, it all depends on each person's, you know, specific relationships and stuff. I just wanted to add that in is that I, I'm not by any means saying there's not tension and it's not difficult when some of these values are are in, in conflict with one another, for lack of a better term. But yeah, so what do you think of that, um, that idea of like the the need for someone to have the ability to turn and, and not have their values solely focused and invested in you or in other people in case, you know, cause stuff happens and, and, you know, they might be focused not on you for a while. 
No, it's a, it's certainly true, and I think that's what's a, a key to a to a healthy relationship too is understanding not just the values of yourself, but the values of your partner as well. And I think you know, okay, let's say um, I, I just for simplicity is me and you are in a relationship. You have a <laughs> right on, um, and you I know you have these certain you know, two week periods where, you know, you, you might not be able to, you know, make, make a dinner or we'll go out on a date or whatever. Again, that's that mutual understanding. Okay. My value is again, that, that family life is understanding that you have this value or or central one as well. And it's, it's a balancing act and it, there's always going to be tension. Uh, And again, that's why communication is, is key, but I think the way you phrased it of saying the central one, not necessarily number one, right. and understanding that there there is a balance. But again, I think it ha- it has to come down to mutual understanding, trust, communication. I think those are the yeah. biggest things as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I agree with the balance, the understanding. I I, I would protest on the tension it, that there's going to be tension because I think through communication you can get yeah. rid of the tension and re. Uh, um, objectivism holds that uh, and i agree that what love is is uh, um the recognition of your value and so you have these sort of agreements and i think like if, if we're in a relationship when you're pursuing your career you're pursuing your value and that makes me feel good I'm glad I'm not resentful that you're not paying attention to me. I'm glad that you're able to achieve your values because I value you so much. I want you to achieve your values. And and like, but we've communicated that we understand, oh, well, you can't do it for six months and never talk to me, right? Like there has to be yeah. that balance and stuff. Um, right. So I think, I think you and I would have a great relationship. We communicate very well. No, that that's exactly it. And I think just personally reflecting for me, when I, when I go through my, articling interviews and all that and firms ask well why are you applying here uh, a major one for me will be that balancing act i have a family life i have a significant other um, i enjoy doing a bunch of things especially sports politics i could go on but you know gonna work very hard but if there's a friday where i have to leave at three am i able to leave that friday at three in order to make something that's very important a place that would say no every single time that's not the culture that I would want because I understand that I have to balance certain things. Now, again, I'm going to be bottom of the barrel and I get that, but I have to understand. I also value some other things. So if there's a work environment that accepts that flexibility, that's a, that's what I know going into interviews. That's why that's a place I would want to work because I understand those core values. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And it's such an important thing, especially now. I think people think they need to want to work all of the time and not have balance. And then there's been a bit of a pushback with like the startup lifestyle, you know, yoga at work or whatever. But um, I do think that's really great. So this has been really interesting. I appreciate it. Do you have any last any last thoughts on on values or yourself or um, anything? Well, I, I think it was a great conversation it's it's fun and again we could get into the nitty-gritty details which is so much fun yeah but that could take years to to figure out i mean just a simple question of what is happiness we could go on but it it was in terms of last comments um no but it it was fun i really enjoyed this great yeah thanks i hope you'll come on sometime and we can have other good conversations absolutely thanks for having me